HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Charleston! Charleston, Charleston Wine and Food 2019. <laughs> my name is Kat Johnson, and I am here with my co-host, Katie Mosman Wadler and Hannah Forden. Hey guys. Is it Thursday? It's it's Friday. Happy it's Friday. Friday. And guess what? This is the first of three happy hours this weekend. As promised last week, we yes. told you we would not be with you on Thursday, which Truth be told, we were not. However, get ready for not one, not two, but three HRN happy hours this weekend from Charleston Wine and Food. We are live. And guess what? It's not enough to just do more of them. We needed to have more guests than ever. <laughs> so we really packed out the couch in the Lakers Say podcast studio today. And I'm going to just start by letting every, all of our guests introduce themselves so that everyone can hear your lovely voices and know who's talking. Hi everyone, it's Brian Hart Hoffman from Bake From Scratch Magazine and Hoffman Media. I'm happy to be back. Woo! Nate Collier with Lake Say. I'm excited to have everybody here. This is awesome and I look forward to the next two happy hours already. All right. Nate will be here for all of them. Get ready. Hi, I'm Claudia Martinez. I'm pastry chef at Tiny Lou's at Hotel Claremont. Thank you for having me. I am Angela Garbitz. I own Goldenrod Pastries in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's so fun to be in the South this week. I'm Ann Marshall from Highwire Distilling right here in Charleston, South Carolina, and this is my first time on Heritage Radio, so please be gentle. Oh, <laughs> boy. That seems We're unlikely. You. No need to be nervous. I'm sitting um, over here all alumni style, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's like, first time caller, long time listener, just kidding, I've been here forever. Can't get rid of me. Um, so... People who are tuned in, plugged in, may know there's a little bit of a theme here among our guests. This is a baking extravaganza. Even Anne, who she says she works with High Bar Distilling. Yes. But Anne, tell us about your background in baking. So we, my husband and I started High Wire Distilling in 2013. But before that, we owned a bakery called Immaculate Baking Company. And we baked the world's biggest cookie. What How big is the world's biggest cookie? 102 feet wide. Whoa! What does that even look like when you walk up to it? 
You smell it. The, the smell is overwhelming more so than the sight of it. It was chocolate chip, and we used this very fine German chocolate. So it was just, the, there were city-wide reports of, you know, what's that smell? We kind of played off of the whole, the whole New York City, what's that smell? Um, there were no hashtags back then. It was a long time ago. But, um, but it was the what's that smell, and it was the chocolate chip cookie, bacon in your neighborhood. In New York City, it's seldom a cookie that we're smelling, unfortunately. <laughs> what would I give for that to be a cookie? I think that, that almost puts the Le Creuset giant mug to shame, but I, but I think they'd be a good pair. That would be a great pair. You get a giant cup of coffee and a giant chocolate chip cookie. Nothing wrong with it. I'm there. Um, also, I, I just want to shout out the pro tip for the um, Le Creuset stoneware mug as an amazing uh, wine festival vessel because it stays cold, and I am very happy with life right now. And people think you're drinking coffee instead of wine. <laughs> yeah, and I might they be sending off know. some professional vibes here. Anything that holds liquid is a wine glass. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. That's today's happy hour wisdom. Um, Brian, I want to talk to you about the... Most recent issue of Bake From Scratch magazine, the French issue. That's the latest, right? May we. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to know? I, yes. I was so excited to open that magazine and see a Bushwick baker in the pages. Monsieur Gus. Yes. Tell us about him. <laughs> so I think in addition to filling the pages with stories and bakeries in France, which obviously takes some effort, time, and money to get to, we really wanted to highlight the best French baker in the U.S. so that when your travel plans take you to New York or you live in New York, you can frequent L'Imprimerie in Bushwick. Um, David Leibovitz has named him the best croissant in the U.S. And coming from David, a Paris resident, that's pretty high accolades considering he eats French baking and croissants every day. So we, uh, we went to Bushwick and had an amazing day photographing and chatting with and learning all about Gus's amazing French treats sitting on the counter and the line of people out the door. So Well, thanks for bringing us. Yeah, wow, you were busy. Oh, <laughs> fine. Um, and Claudia, you are a pastry chef at a about one-year-old French restaurant in Atlanta, Tiny Lou's. Tell us a little bit about Tiny Lou's um, and the kind of pastries that you are dreaming up for that menu. Uh, yeah, so Tiny Lou's uh, just opened. We opened in June, and it's above a historical landmark in Atlanta, above the Claremont Lounge, if you've ever been. Um, it's been a strip club there for <laughs> a very long time. It's an institution. Yes. Um, so they actually saved the building, which was kind of cool. We did a French-American brasserie restaurant. And the menu, because we're in such a cool location, I'm able to, you know, be ex experimental, do, you know, pink glitter, be dramatic with it. Because we are above a strip club, I get to have some fun with it. I love it. What's different about that strip club? It's uh, older women. <laughs> So okay. in their 50s, 60s, maybe a little you, bit more. Can you tell us about the Blondie dessert that you did when you in the opening? Yeah, so the Blondie, uh, it's a staple on my menu. I'll probably never take it off. It's called the Ode to Blondie. It's a brown butter Blondie with hazelnut cremeux, candied hazelnuts, and buttermilk ice cream. And it's named after the famous dancer Blondie. She crushes beer cans <laughs> with her chest. <laughs> <laughs> Happy International Women's Day, everybody. Woo! Here's to Blondie. 
and her assets. Love you, Blondie. I heard from Steve Palmer that Blondie sometimes does poetry readings on the roof. Yes. Um, she actually carries around this little sheet with all her poems and stuff when you visit the lounge. So she has other talents as well. She's accomplished, and now she has a dessert named for her. Yes. So, I wish we had asked you to bring one so you could recite it for us. Oh, her poem? Yeah, yeah I should have brought one. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, we do. I have classic pastries, but I'm able to have freedom with it and have my touch on it. So it's not so conformed to French pastries. So I can add um, some Latin influence. I work with a lot of fruits, passion fruit, mango, guava. Um, so we get to play with that. And I'm very lucky to be able to work at a place where like my chef and the owners give me a lot of freedom. That's amazing. So it's been great. Um, and Angela, you, uh, I think, have like equally sort of whimsical, um, dreamy pastries that you do at Goldenrod. Tell us a little bit about the impetus of that, um, of your project and some of the things that you have made recently. And I heard about a really amazing thing that you baked up for Charleston Wine oh, and we're Food. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so at Goldenrod, we don't really have any, there's, there's no form or real structure to what we're doing we just like to have fun and think of the things that we really want to eat like this morning uh, Brian and I got to do a class together where we made peanut butter babka and it was like say that again really slowly peanut <laughs> butter babka it was epic pretty succulent and um, so we, we focus on a Can lot of what she left it in the lobby oh of her my hotel, god I, and it I is gone. lost my babka <laughs> Hotel Bennett, if you're listening right now, has anyone seen my Bobka? <laughs> um, it's like the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> I don't get it. I saw him last night here in town, so maybe he stole it. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld was in town? He was last night. With my Bobka? He was holding it on stage doing the Bobka bit. <laughs> there is no inferior Bobka. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at Goldenrod, we do a lot of like diet-inclusive treats, so gluten-free, dairy-free. The Bobka we did today was vegan. Um, we're proud to be a woman-powered bakery, and we use a lot of glitter, a lot of flour, a lot of bright colors, um, really whimsical, and we try to have a lot of fun, like enter pastry in a world of sweets without any pretension, and um, yeah, I love, I love Women's Day, I love pastries, like this world of women and food coming together is like my dream world, so. Can I ask, you're from Nebraska. Yeah. And, and there are definitely people from all across the country here at Charleston Wine and Food, but you definitely see a lot more concentrated from the su southern states. What brought you down to Charleston? So I had a few events that I really wanted to do, like with Brian and Bake from Scratch. We had pastries at Pack Punch today with the peanut butter babka. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> and just to be here and... I think it's really important to bring attention to the, the middle part of the country. There's a lot of concentration of um, there's a lot of concentration of um, attendees from the coasts, I think, and I think that it's really important to see what's going on in the other part of the country. So that's one of the things I'm really passionate about with Goldenrod is like introducing the rest of the world to what's going on in that part of the world. I want to talk a little bit about ingredients and any sort of ingredients that people are really excited to work with these days. Um, I think that's something that baking and also distilling has a lot in common, and it's uh, your finished product is determined by the quality of ingredients that you use. Um, Claudia, you, you contributed a recipe to a blog post that we did, and it was coconut sage financier financiers. And um, I'm curious, like, what about sage made you want to put that in your pastries? And also, are there other savory sort of flavors that you like to play with when you're cooking and baking? 
Um, yeah, so I actually started off savory when I was studying. I thought I wanted to be a chef, and then about halfway through, I, you know, I got put in a position where I was learning pastry, and it was, I learned under a chef who was introducing savory ingredients. So for me, sage and brown butter is one of my favorite combinations. Yeah. Even in pasta, like, that's my go-to if I see it on the menu. So brown butter, sage, and a financier, almond flour, coconut flour. Um, and I think, I forgot what brand I used for that recipe, Red? Uh, but we did some Bob's Red Milk. Bob's Red yeah. Milk. Um, he has great coconut flour, almond flour. So I like doing that, introducing, like, savory ingredients to baking. And what does that do to um, something that you're baking when you combine different types of flours in the same recipe? Well, I think a big thing right now is um, doing gluten-free options. So being able to offer other options where there's still flavor in the pastry itself. So it's not drying out your product, which a lot of times gluten-free things can be a little bit dry and boring. Whereas coconut flour, almond flour, you're getting that flavor that you want. So I like mixing all that stuff together just to create a different palette and I think putting sage or rosemary herbs just help a lot and my biggest thing with sweets is a lot of times they're too heavy or too sweet and that's why I like introducing other things to keep it light after you eat a savory course. Mm -hmm. Brian do you do a lot with um with savory recipes in Bake From Scratch how do you determine how much of an issue is dedicated to savory versus sweet? We, we definitely do some savory baking. It's probably the minority of what our reader interest is when we, we talk to our readers. We want to know what they're looking for more of. But we also want to challenge them and offer new ideas so that even though they might not think they want to do it, we lead them there with some beautiful photography, delicious recipes. Um, but, you know, I find with, with our readership, like cheese and herb in breads and pull-apart breads, um, that is top of the wish list. We just did a story with um, taking the tube pan, so something that everyone probably has at home from making a pound cake or angel food cake, and we did a tube pan tune-up so that we gave four iterations of ways to use your tube pan and get the most out of having it stacked in the cupboard. Wait, Brian, what's a tube pan? A tube pan is it's probably called an angel food cake pan, a is pound a cake pan. Is it a form pan? No, it's it's uh it's uh, it's a round pan with a, like a, a tube in the middle. Oh, <laughs> kind of like a bunch they, of they call it a tube pan. Oh, so it's like a square you. edge bunt pan. So okay. yeah, you would you would recognize it from you know it, it's pretty simple in its form, uh -huh. but we did a pull apart cheese and I think cheese and bacon. So we wanted to have a pull apart bread that we formed into a circle. I mean it was it was amazing and decadent. So yeah, we do some savory, um, but probably on the, the minority of things fall into the savory category. Yeah. Um, okay. Also, you do like sweet with delicious savory ingredients. I went on a um, Christmas cookie bonanza with the Bake From Scratch Christmas, I keep wanting to say episode issue, um, and we made like Earl Grey and lemon cookies and the, the even like there were these orange and chocolate cookies that were so good and they were like the orange was really super savory and delicious and uh, like the spice cookies with cardamom so there's a lot going on in a sweet that has like a lot of round flavor and ingredients that you would see kind of in yeah i dishes. find too like even though it may not fall into the total savory category a less sweet mm -hmm. 
baked item that has strong citrus or strong spice or subtle notes of flavors that are unexpected, that's what I really love to get in the vein of and bring something interesting and different so that it's not just the sugar bomb always. Now, there's plenty of that, too. (laughs) (laughs) And Anne, on this topic of ingredients that you're working with and building like a flavor profile, did any of that from your baking past carry over into distilling and and the spirits that you're producing at Highwire? Definitely. So one of the first whiskeys we made at Highwire was a sorghum whiskey, and we had worked with sorghum um, with the bakery because we were making gluten-free products, and and we used a lot of of sorghum products to to that end. Um, But sorghum whiskey was a really defining moment in our... um, in the development of of our company's ultimate path. I think the first time we distilled it, it smelled like apples, like candied apples. Um, And it's just really a lot of those same, those same like the depth of sorghum and the complexity of sorghum is such a different sweetness than just a a cane sugar. Um, So that really informed the rest of our ingredient sourcing processes. So when we next went to make a bourbon, we decided that we were gonna seek a corn that had a little more flavor and a little more complexity. So um, definitely some carryover from the baking world and also just grains and yeast and sugar. And those are the, the bedrock of distilling also. So really was that corn that you're just mentioning? Is that the Jimmy Red corn? Yes, Jimmy Red corn, um, which is a corn that was grown historically um, just outside of Charleston and James Island, South Carolina. And it almost went extinct. It got down to two cobs of corn. Um, a, a group of people sort of rescued it from near oblivion and um, we were able to source seed from Glenn Roberts of Anson Mills, who you know usually supplies bakers. So there again, like another fun connection for us. But um, he gave us 40 pounds of seed, and he said, "You're on your own from there." <laughs> so we had to grow it. Well, that I just want to tease quickly that Anne and Scott of Highwire and Glenn will be joining us on Sunday to talk more about Jimmy Redcorn. So we'll hold that for now. We'll not talk about it anymore. But definitely tune in for that because I'm very excited about that. Um, Well, speaking of spirits and alcohols, let's talk about baking with spirits. I mean, we think about rum cakes. We think about, you know, like festive holiday things. But any thoughts? What do we like? What what recipes do we like to use spirits in? Anybody want to kick it off? Okay, so I'm going to, like, grab the mic again. (laughs) I just got back from Bermuda two weeks ago uh, creating a travel story for Bake From Scratch uh, about the wonderful Bermuda ways that they're baking with amazing fruits and liquor and alcohol and, like, enriching their rum cakes. But what I learned in the process was just the different flavor notes you can get from adding we did a story with five rum cakes but all five cakes have different rum and they all have a different outcome uh and it's not what maybe one of them is so strong when you take a bite of it you really are having happy hour and dessert at the same time that's what i'm there for right amen um but we also used it in subtle ways so that someone that may be sensitive or not wanting to have the strong you know flavor of the rum in the cake it's more used in lieu of a vanilla extract and the amazing added flavor you get from shifting things up just a little bit so um i'm a big fan of it (laughs) i believe in incorporating happy hour into baking time and anything in between (laughs) claudia angela either of you uh use utilizing alcohol spirits or anything in in your baking projects 
Um, so I'm over two other restaurants, Donetto and Oku. Donetto's our Italian restaurant. And the first time I wrote the menu, it's five desserts, and I accidentally incorporated alcohol into four out of my five desserts. <laughs> Accidentally. <Sure. laughs> so they made me, I mean, I didn't do it on purpose, but I love working with spirits, alcohol, all of that. And it's not based on alcohol content or anything. It's just that flavor adds so much to baking and pastry. So I didn't do it on purpose, so it just happened. So I had to like change my whole menu. But um, well, right can you now- tell us what the four were? Um, More or less. The desserts? Yeah, the boozy ones. Um, I'll have to remember. It was like a year ago. <laughs> but just... All those boozy desserts really Yeah, I did like a, lim- a limoncello, <laughs> panna cotta. Amen. Um, but right now I'm really obsessed with plantation pineapple and pastries. I don't know if you've tried it. It's That's a really good call. Yeah. <laughs> you have Anne's seal of approval. It's, I think it's my favorite rum right now. Even plantation pineapple daiquiris are my go-to. Um, and in pastry, compressing fruits in liqueurs or liquors are really fun, and they hold the quality longer. So I do that. And then also um, rum is just my go-to. And it's in the blondie. And um, we've also done like Campari sorbets at Tiny Lou's, which have been popular. Chef Jeb did it with some crudo. Um, so we use it in savory and dessert, but I, I love working with it. I wish I didn't, but. <laughs> Angela, well, I'm glad you, you do. <laughs> I think kind of like what Brian was saying, it's like a nice addition to kind of like use almost like an extract and it's oh we try to keep our desserts not too sweet and I think it's almost a great way to add like a little bit of bitterness sometimes um so we do like a really extensive like morning bun program and um which is a great time to add I have like, to leave I'm going to Nebraska right now <laughs> board's flight to Lincoln Nebraska yeah. which is like a really good time if you make sure that like you know, the bazillions of kids who come in aren't getting this, but um, you can make like a simple syrup and I'll add like a little bit of bourbon to it at the end. And then you can brush that over. Like I really like it with our cardamom bun, which we brush with like a simple syrup anyway. And that like really, it's actually not sweet enough for some people, which I really, really like. And the outside has like a really nice crust and you get like a little bit of the bourbon that soaks in and like a really like kind of like soft cardamom center. But now that I'm thinking, like, we do, like, a really fresh orange bun with a lot of fresh orange zest, and I think it would be amazing to just do, like, brush that with, like, a rum simple syrup. But it's, like, a really easy... Sorghum whiskey would be... Sorghum whiskey would be incredible. And so we use, like, a lot... Since we're primarily gluten-free, we're always looking for other flours to use, and buckwheat is such a good way to add, like, a ton of flavor. and use like a really soft flour kind of like sorghum I feel like it gives you like a really soft like cookie texture too and it adds like so much nuttiness and almost bitter flavor that's not like over the top sweet so yeah we're always looking for that I always like add a little bourbon to our ganache if I can too like just to like tuck it into different places see she is southern <laughs> You're, we're keeping you yeah. I'm staying <laughs> we tuck bourbon in where we can too <laughs> under the mattress yeah. You wouldn't believe where we have it hidden. <laughs> exactly. Um, Nate, I want to ask you, obviously, we're in the Liquor Say studio, but this is a really fitting time to have you join us because Liquor Say is a great tool for baking. So what are some um, what are some of your favorite vessels of Liquor Say that you can bake in? 
Well, of course, you can bake in almost all of them. Um, I'm, I'm not a baker myself. I uh, do have a culinary background on the savory side. But when I do bake bread in a Dutch oven, it's just, it amazes me every time that I do it, how well it comes out, you know, it replicates a steam injection oven at home. And the it resonates so much with people that have had our Dutch ovens for years. You show them a boule coming out of it, and it blows their minds. And... I think a lot of people just are intimidated by baking that type of bread at home. And when you show them a tool that can be used for that, um, it's amazing. But on top of that, I've used our brazer for Parker House rolls and for morning buns. I love that term yeah. instead of cinnamon rolls or whatever. Morning buns is great. Um, but in all, it just, I mean, it comes down to balance like everything. So even on the savory side or on the sweet side, when you're balancing those flavors together, um, I love hearing everyone here say they are um, toying with things that are not too sweet. I'm the same. Um, we recently just uh, did a recipe for a uh, strawberry streusel in a uh, braiser that had fresh and uh, candied ginger in it. And the ginger just brightens up the strawberry and it's a little salt in the topping too to complement it. So, I mean, when you can taste things and balance it, whether it's with spirits or with sweets or savory side, it's, it, it's, that's what it's all about. And having the right ingredients and the right tools to do it is um, empowering to people. So if you haven't baked bread in a Dutch oven, do it. Look up a no-need bread recipe and go for it. You will not be disappointed. I'm so hungry. <laughs> and of course, good butter with it too. I'm, I'm stoked oh. that butter is now back into people's favor right now. Oh, because butter yeah. is I, in. I, I want to do, can we do rapid fire and everybody say their favorite butter? Or like if you, if you use a different butter for different things, like pick the thing and your favorite butter. Oh, yeah. Let's I'll start. It. Vermont butter and cheese, cultured sea salt crystals. Ooh, I'm a big Kerrygold fan. There's a butter made at a, a little place in Omaha, Nebraska, and that is my favorite one. It's at La Bouvette, and they put salt on it, and it's always the perfect temperature. It's so good. I like the French one, La Polgra. I would say probably at home we buy Kerrygold more than anything just because it's available in a lot of places right now, but any of the grass-fed stuff again like it's so in vogue right now and i'm glad that people are doing it it's amazing i've been getting ronnie brooks butter, butter lately yeah. and it's great i use president butter from france <laughs> we know from your instagram i'm sorry it's such a francophile thing in me i'm just like the the french products like just stock my pantry so president he says in his breton stripe sweater <laughs> um yeah i live it Okay, yeah, so, okay, Kerrygold for just, like, simple toast, decadent deliciousness, but also the Trader Joe's, like, cultured French butter is a good economic and easily accessible uh, alternative to fancy butter, um, but Ronnie Brook also from my neck of the woods in the Hudson Valley is the shit, so. Thank you for indulging me. Can I just go back to Le Creuset for a second? So, I'm seeing the teeny tiny Dutch ovens behind, or, like, in our, the room with us and my mom came home I don't know where she got them she was on a trip and came home with these little vegetable shaped like Crusade tiny Dutch ovens like there's like an eggplant a green pepper a tomato and a red pepper and I will bake custards in those because they're so fun to like dig out of all the little crevices all the custard it's like super satisfying but your little tiny mini Dutch ovens are so fun to bake in I love them I, I also love them too and we were talking about this earlier on the coffee show 
anything oversized or miniature people just react to and like little baby shoes and little baby Nikes. I have two girls at home, but like any little tiny thing, it just, people react to it. And I love that you mentioned having to like work to get things yes. out of the crevices and the corners. It just makes you appreciate it a little bit it's more so fun. too. It's like when you're at the very bottom of like a Sunday cup or a parfait cup and you like really have to like get in the bottom with your little tiny spoon. But I don't know if you still make those little veggie we do. We um, they come in and out of okay. our collection every year, depending on the shape. Um, right now, we have some clovers out there that are very cute as well. But they'll they'll come in and out. I think right now, apples were probably the last fruit shaped one that we had. I mean, definitely look out for those little mini veggies. They're so cute. <laughs> Angela, you should come back for our licorice design chat tomorrow. I would love. We're gonna to. get all in all into this stuff. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, let's do, uh, it's International Women's Day, so before we do trivia, let's do a quick rapid-fire round of shouting out a woman that inspires you. It could be anyone for any reason. Who wants to kick it off? I'll start. My mom started our publishing company 36 years ago. She is a force. She is determined. She is uh, an example for me. So my career is following in the footsteps of a very, very strong, badass woman. Um, I will follow on that too. Yeah, good um, luck. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, my wife, she's also doing her own independent thing in graphic design and pattern design. And she's like, you know, wakes up at 5 a.m. before the kids get up to work on it. It's inspiring to me to see her out there trying to do her own thing on her own. It's just, it's amazing. I'll say an industry one, just because I can't match the mom and grandma. <laughs> but um, I'll say Dominique Crenn. She should have won that uh, Michelin star a long time ago. She deserves it. I The first woman that came to mind for me was Julia Tertian, and she has an incredible podcast. She has incredible cookbooks. Uh, her podcast is Keep Calm and Cook On, but um, I feel like she's doing a really incredible job in this industry and just for women across the board of bringing a lot of light to um, like diversity and making sure that the underrepresented women are um, and queer issues are bringing being brought to light. I just met her a couple months ago. She was amazing. But um, I, I was at the opening ceremonies this morning and Ashley Christensen got the, the chef award, which um, is so fitting because um, she's a good friend of mine, but I'm always just in awe of her her drive and her compassion for people and, and the way she's built her team there and her restaurants. Katie, Hannah, you guys want to do one? Um, I'd like to shout out two women who inspire me every day. My two office mates. Aww. 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 <laughs> um, because yeah, I think we have a really solid team with an incredible work ethic and we're able to make magic like this happen. So I'm grateful for, not to mention all of the women hosts we oh, get yeah. to, uh, you know, send out into the universe every day. So thanks, Hannah. You're making me tear up, Hannah. <laughs> Nate made me tear up first. Like a little bit punchy in the day here. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I will also echo that. Um, and then I'm gonna do a, a bonus round, and uh, not to copy Brian, but I also have to shout out my mom, who's a total badass. Um, she didn't work when I was a kid uh, outside the home, but she started a catering business that she like ran from our kitchen, and I used to bring the little flyer to school with me, and like all my teachers and principal would order, and my mom would like make all these beautiful, incredible meals, and uh, the teachers would come by after school and pick them up, and it was really amazing, and she's gone on to do amazing things in design and art, 
And uh, I'm also thankful for my team in the office because it's enabling me to go on vacation with my mom next week it's about to time. Curacao. And I like wouldn't have felt like I could take a vacation before except for like these guys. I don't and, think and shout out to Matt to a be. vacation more than <laughs> me too. Um, I want someone top of my mind lately because I just recently watched the Chef's Table episode as Mashama Bailey. Um, I was just like floored and blown away um even though i knew her story it was they did an amazing job it was directed by a woman as well and i thought it was really great and it's an incredible episode that everyone should absolutely put on their list that's fun okay now that we're all crying (laughs) (laughs) let's play some some trivia (laughs) i got you brian all right it's time it's time for trivia it's wine 15 and it's trivia 30 yes it is okay so Nate is going to be my trivia co-master. Um, we are, our trivia for our next three HR and happy hours today, Saturday and Sunday, are brought to us by Le Creuset. We're very happy to be working with them this weekend. And usually, some, so Brian's been on before and he knows, he knows how this goes. We usually play trivia and it's a very lovey-dovey situation um, and everyone plays as a team. But since we have, we have four guests, Plus, Katie and Hannah, we're splitting you into teams in a friendly way, of course. And so there are prizes. There it's are competitive. Prizes. Who's doing the prizes? Ooh. I have prizes Maybe for Maybe vegetable pots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's low per se vegetable pots. <laughs> you okay. gotta get them. They're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> That's so not the So we prize. have a Team X's, which is Angela, Brian, and Hannah. Vibe, vibe, vibe. We have Team O's, which is <laughs> Anne. Claudia and Katie. All right. I all thought right. I, when you said X's, I was like, well, X chromosome, we're all the X's. <laughs> True. Okay, but X's and O's is going to make sense in one minute. Oh the gosh. theme of our trivia today is Don't Go Baking My Heart. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Heritage Radio Network, there's nothing we like more than a good food pun. Oh, we love it. <laughs> I love puns. <laughs> All right, so I'll read um, some questions for Team X, and Nate will read some questions for Team O. Hold on, how does this work? We get different questions. Yes. Okay. So, uh, if it, if you a t- if your team gets an answer wrong, the other one has a chance to steal. Okay. All right. So this. So if it's not your team's question. No, we're Do not answer. Quiet, not a yes. Piece. Okay. Team X, you might find this pastry at your favorite oh. French patisserie. Its middle is filled with custard, and its name translates to flash of lightning because of how fast it's usually consumed. Is it? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh, you you want to help our team out? <laughs> uh, filled with custard, consumed quickly. If you don't know this, who does? I know. I'm flipping <laughs> out and it's French. Yes. You might find this pastry at your favorite French patisserie. Its middle is filled with custard and the name translates to flash of lightning because of how fast people consume it. Ooh. Yeah, Okay. Could it be? Can we guess? I mean, guess. let's go ahead and just do some guesses. Which shape is it? Yeah. I can't tell you oh, that. Oh come on! All right. Take a, take a stab at it. Filled with custard though is. <sighs> you already know the answer. Team O already has the answer. Hold on. <laughs> what have you got? Come on. You should have played, Nate. It is French. All right, I'm gonna cut you guys off. Time. No. Wait. All right. The really sad thing is, I'm pretty sure I ate one of these on Wednesday. All right. I, but it went down so Timo, quickly. Take it was a like a flash of lightning. 
Oh, it's an eclair. Oh. All right. Team X on a technicality. I don't know. No, that was a solid Team X. That was solid. (laughs) All right. Here is Nate with question for Timo. Okay. All right. Okay, Timo. Angela is from Lincoln, Nebraska, so she probably knows the answer to this. But, Team O's, what pastry do Lincolnites reportedly like to eat their chili to cut the spice? Sorry, what do they like to eat with their chili to cut the spice? I've never heard of this, by the way. The obvious answer would be cornbread. Yeah. But I feel like this is a trick question. I, it is a trick question. Yes, yes, you can. No, yes, no, you no. Can she couldn't help hit. us with the other one. He cannot help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're doing like an eye language for everyone listening. They are looking at each other with like, <laughs> speak this to This is me. not poker face. Um, okay, well, what else could it be? I mean, cornbread would be pretty straightforward. Um, it's a pastry? A donut? It is a pastry. <laughs> Can you see the answers through a sheet? No, not at all. <laughs> no? In fact, I don't do you have mean? I wouldn't have even looked until you suggested it, but I don't have my glasses on, so. Um, a pastry. Claudia, do you have any guesses? Specific to Nebraska? I really Specific think to Lincoln. Team X is, is going to need to jump in here. It's got to be a savory. Can't tell you. Nate really wants to help us. I can tell. Four. Says the one who came in with the answer (laughs) late last round. Hey, yeah. What's good for the goose is not always good for the game. Hey, what? I didn't know we were gonna have hecklers in this. (laughs) We're gonna run out of time. Oh no. I don't know. Do you have a guess? One guess. Just offer that guess. What? What was it, Claudia? To cut the spice. To cut the spice. Is there a rice pastry, a corn pastry? Okay, I feel like we ran out of town. Yeah, we time yeah. way yeah. faster. It is so this time. is. I don't know. I'm sorry. And yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you like to? Can I? Gonna, we got it. Can we take it? Hand it to the Nebraska. Oh, this one. It's a cinnamon roll. It is. Yeah! <laughs> and I, I love to put lots of cinnamon in my chili. So once hearing it, it makes really? sense to me. But I've never heard of that before. I am telling you, it is so delicious. Is if it you iced? haven't, what? Is oh, it iced? Hell yeah, it's iced. <laughs> hell yeah. It's good. All right. This is the next question for Team X. If you've taken a distillery tour lately, you've probably heard the explanation of the different cuts. And this this one is one that is not for Anne, so this is for the other team. Oh okay. my god. So you've, you've heard of the different cuts, heads, hearts, and tails, but what do you call the very first vapors that boil off during a distillation run that contain the most volatile alcohols? Everyone look at Anne and try to extract it from her mind. This is a really hard question. It's the name of the vapors? <laughs> is it one of the words you said? The head and the tail and all it's that? It's not a head harder Can we sale. phone friends? Can we oh, ask oh, all oh. the love? I've distilled professionally for a year and a half. Matt oh, doesn't even know. Even a professional distiller doesn't know. And do you know? You said it was a really... I call them. But I think there are a couple different <laughs> ah. terms. And do you want to help us? Just a few... <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. And, and name your price. <laughs> yeah. And we'll chat later. All right, um, take a stab. It's moonshine vapors. <laughs> nope. Uh, Timo, want to take a guess? Four shots. That's right. <gasps> well, no wonder. All right, here's Nate with a question for Timo. All right, Timo. 
what do you call the postcard sized promotions that you can find in the middle of magazines, like from our beloved Bake From Scratch? <laughs> That's like the subscription inserty thing? Mm-hmm. What do you call it? What do you mm-hmm. call it? Magazine lingo? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what is it? The Jeopardy music is yes. playing as we speak. <laughs> it's not a distilling question. No. And you didn't help us. But wait, the theme is don't go baking my heart. Don't so go baking my go heart. So there was a heart in the distilling question, and then this, these are found in the heart of the magazine. I love the heart thread here. Right. I love it. We're getting very deep on the trivia connections here. Heart sheets is a good heart cards. Heart sheets. Final answer. The aorta. I'm sorry, that is not correct. Would you like? Would you like a chance to see? They are called blow-in cards. Like where they're blowing you kisses in the middle of the magazine. Is that blow-in with like an N apostrophe? Blow in, I N. So uh, after the magazine's printed, they're blown with air between the Seriously? pages. Seriously? So yeah, that's why they're not attached to the inside, and they fall out when you open the pages. Angela's face is like, whoa. I, <laughs> my mind is blown. All I know like is the blow. So my yeah, mind is blown. Tell in. us more about that cinnamon roll with chili. <laughs> <laughs> also, a peanut butter bun is really good with chili. Oh, I am here for it. I like you. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah, Angela, so we're just going to start Ooh, I, baking together on the regular. <laughs> peanut butter babka with, like, a mole? Oh. Here for it. Okay. Ready. Um, okay, this, okay, I don't know what the score is, but it doesn't matter because this last question is Exes for everyone. So put your heads together. Mardi Gras was earlier this week, a holiday often celebrated with a king cake. King cakes are decorated in three colors that represent power, justice, and faith. Can you tell me what color corresponds with each of those three ideals. Oh. Oh. Power, the justice, faith. <laughs> I, I think I know. Okay. Okay. I think, oh, now I'm second guessing. No, 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 no. I think no, yellow is faith, purple is power, green is no is what justice. No. no. Oh, I think purple effort. is faith. No. I think, I think purple is, wait, I think yellow is power, <laughs> green is no, that's what you just said. Oh, green is <laughs> oh. green is justice oh. and purple is faith. No, that's green what is you faith said. and purple is justice. That's the right word. <laughs> Yellow is power. If you guess that many times, you will get the right answer. <laughs> There's only a certain number of I mean, combinations. <laughs> it's just math. One of us has got to get and it. As a bonus question, what does it mean when you find the baby in your king cake? Oh, you have to buy the next they, cake. Yeah, right? you're buying the next. Everybody one. thinks it's good luck, but it's not. It's you a financial next, obligation. Bring, yes, exactly. <laughs> you you do not want the baby. You do not want the baby. And I was like, I'm not eating any king cake. <laughs> you take a bite and find the baby, and you just put it in your pocket. Like I didn't see a baby what in that baby? bite. No, you forgot nope. to put the baby in. Yeah, this one did not have one. Well, yeah, this has never happened before on HR and Happy Hour, but you all won trivia. Oh! I'm just kidding. It happens every every time. And you all win an HRN pot holder. Oh, my gosh. I must have done such a horrible job every other time I've been on. I've never won a hot pad before, so thank you. This is really awkward now. Really great job, guys. I hope you enjoyed this uh, Don't Go Baking My Heart trivia. Thanks, we Kat so and did. Nate, for Thanks, putting us Nate. through the ringer. Because we won. All right. <laughs>
everyone. Can't be mad. Everybody. Well, there's well, another HR and Happy Hour with more HR and Happy Hour trivia. Yes. Tomorrow. Can you tease what the theme is tomorrow? Tomorrow, I don't know if I can tease the theme because it depends on who is in this room right now, but I think I'm in the clear. Uh, the trivia theme tomorrow is birthday trivia because someone's oh, having a birthday. Oh. Yeah. yeah. There might be uh, a special <laughs> treat. Oh, look, a butt. <laughs> All right. Thanks, so, guy. you know what? It's actually, it's past five now. So when we started this show, we said it was five o'clock somewhere. Now it actually is five o'clock somewhere. Um, we were extrapolating. We, it's, it's, a, it's a saying that we say. It wasn't five o'clock. But we are in Charleston. And we'll be back here tomorrow. So tune in live at heritageradionetwork.org slash live from noon to 5 p.m. Eastern. And again on Sunday, we will be at the Look or Say podcast studio so if you're in Charleston, come see us in person, live and in person. Um, you could even stick your butt on the window like that guy just did. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Charleston stays, <laughs> stays on the radio. Um, thanks, to, thanks to everybody for joining us. Um, and check out our schedule for tomorrow and Sunday at heritageradionetwork.org slash Charleston 2019. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Happy banking. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.